baby No doubt No doubt, no doubt no Back. Not niggas I really met through music shit It be some real thugs I grew up with Phone calls from the fans, long show. stories so fast Wishing they get home in a hurry Cause show we the last of a dying pack of lions Nightmares of the cast, thoroughbred surviving, you know Welcome home, Ronnie Bumps And love to call it, that boss ordered us lobster tails Late night in 40 We was out there trying to rid the stress Had a beat tape from stretch, rest Black tech, black vest, to master dark aura We hit the city deep in the explorer Looking at the source, wish I was the cover story That was coming shortly Cars back then, had brought back then Rest in peace of you, good man the God star Kim, I pop a bottle. Be not promised tomorrow. Showing love is the motto. Flicks a cowboy hat, strapped like desperados. They lit one out the chamber. No iron fired in a vegetative state. When that man China died, stomped out on 12th okay, Street. Memory okay, fails me. Heard homie was a real G. That's what they tell me. I was the one to run through the functions. No funny acting. And it was me that introduced many to money bags and Grandmaster Vic. So, what's going on, people? Today's episode is about a little bit of things that's been going on with this uh, anti-Semitism, the word that's been tossed around. And it's just, you know, a quick hit. So historically, you know, when you look back in history about the word anti-Semitic, you know, it can be broken down in different ways. You know, when you go through the Oxford Dictionary, the proper meaning, it's kind of twisted how we use it in modern terms. So when you look up the word anti-Semitic, what does that mean? So that's what we're about to do. We're going to look it up. For those who don't know, we're going to learn together. So you go, type it in. The first thing that pops up, anti-Semitic. Relating to or characterized by anti-Semitism, feeling or showing hostility towards discriminating against Jews as a cultural, racial, or ethnic group. That's what they say. So when you look up the word Jew, what does that mean? person belonging to the continuing through decent or conversation of ancient Jewish people. One true religion is Judaism, a member of the tribe of Judah. B, Israelite, a member of the nation exiting in Palestine from 16th century BC to the first century AD. So, let's just break it down about Middle Eastern from Anglo-French to Latin Jews from Greek to Hebrew and the names, you know, just break down. All right. So it doesn't say specifically that the Jew has to be white. It doesn't say anything about that. But when you live in America and you grow up, like especially where I'm from, I'm from uh, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is a melting pot. In certain parts of Brooklyn, like Williamsburg, those are uh, we known as Jew areas. Um, Crown Heights, where we have the Labor Day uh, festivities. Take that. 
that. Take that. Also a Jewish area. Jewish and Caribbean. So, no, historically in New York, it has always been kind of like a unsettling beef with the two communities. When I say two communities, I'm talking about people who subscribe to consider themselves Jews or Jewish that are, you know, white. Then you have the Israelites, Israelites, I'm sorry, fractions that are black that talks about historical facts or whatever, what they believe and all that other stuff. So uh, I know the world knows about what happened with Kyrie and him sharing the documentary, name of the documentaries from uh, Hebrews, the Negroes, Black Message to Black America, Wake Up. And I watched it. It's about three and a half hours of uh, information just to make people, you know, look at things a bit different. So historically, like I was saying, when you think about black leaders during the civil rights movement, whether it be MLK, whether it be uh, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, they all were deemed anti-Semitic one time in their lives. So, I was listening to Malcolm X, you know, I love reading his book. I just purchased the audio book of his autobiography about a year ago. And um, just going through, you know, stuff he talks about, his interviews and lectures, whatever. And he, something that resonated with me that he said, he says, when a man, a person of color talks about the experience that they have with a Jew in their community, and the Jew can be treating the person of color, the black person or whatever, unfair. And how to combat you saying that you've been treated unfair, you're deemed anti-Semitic. So it kind of takes your pain, because this is how black people feel in America, for the most part. The ones that I talk to, some, you know, I have friends that, you know, we talk to on the show, like my man Sean, uh, Lamb King. They have their own point of views, but they're in a minority. If we have 10 black folks around each other, black people, and we, you know, talking or whatever, 70 to 80% of them are going to agree with what I'm about to say. In America, as a black person, you feel like what you feel doesn't matter. It's like you got to go through the shit. You got to go through whatever you got to go through in your daily life. But I'm going to just say for me, you go through people already assuming the worst from you when they see you, the typical stereotypes, or whatever you go through in the daily workforce. Like myself, I just came from a situation I spoke about highly a couple episodes this season about the whole sexuality thing and, you know, feeling like ostracized because I was straight and having to defend my, my you know, my sexuality in a place where it shouldn't have to happen. I had to, like, walk on eggshells because people deemed me a heterosexual male and it made them uncomfortable. You know, I played a little snippet of the, you know, confrontation I had with them. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But it happens. So just imagine a, a man, I'm going to do it from the male's perspective, a man that you're assertive, you're respectful, you do your job, and if someone comes talking to you in a manner that you don't like, Let's say this person is 
white. Now, this is a supervisor, a manager, somebody that can basically change your livelihood. And if you say something to him, he's going to, oh, here's the angry black man. Here's this angry nigga. You got to deal with that every day. But you can hear people use certain words to insult you. You just got to take that shit. Because when you start running up the pecking order to HR or whatever, like I did with my situation, it's going to fall on deaf ears most of the time. It's just the fact of life. They don't want to hear what a man, a black man, a black straight man has to say most of the time. So it's like you're fucked. What do you do? Somebody tell me. So, excuse me, you feel that way. Now, you're dealing with the same situation. This guy could be Jewish. He could be treating you like a fucking like piece of shit. And if you call him out on it, and you say, hey, I don't like how you treat me, whatever. You could do it in a regular, like professional, respectable tone. And then if he wants to weaponize and be a victim, they're going to believe him over you. That's just how society is. So forget my pain and acknowledge his pain. Like, I get it. The Holocaust is real. It affected millions of people. It has, but the lingering effects of the Holocaust has not lasted as long as the effects of slavery. It's a fact of life. Like, let's be real. Most of these brands, cars, and other banking situations came from Germany, came from off the backs of Jews, like Wells Fargo. Yeah. Most of your banks, they got a, a, a like an undertone of what we deem anti-Semitism. But in the modern America, Jews would bank with these companies. Most companies are ran in certain entities and uh, settings by Jews. Like, for instance, you see a Jew in a Benz, German, right? I think Nas said it. We call that a Nazi sled. But I see Jews in Ben. So it's like, what are we really doing with this? Are we going to do it when it's convenient or do it when it's on stepping on somebody else? And that's the whole situation. That's how people feel. Like in America, you're told, hey, you know what? Get over the civil rights movement from 60 years ago. We just got the rights to vote recently. It's not like it's been 200 years or something. Shit, we just were emancipated. Not so long ago, if you really think about it. But you know, that's neither here nor there right now. Because we just stay in a moment. That's what it is with America. I watched everybody jump on Kyrie. I watched everybody jump on Ye. I jumped on Ye to a degree. You know what I mean? Because, again, I feel he uses his blackness for us to be on his side and then the fact that they tapped his money and he's not the richest black man in America anymore he wants to scream about everything else and honestly he just mad because his wife left him and want to get fucked by Skeet, Pete, da Pete Davidson and whatever whatever and that's it yeah he's on meds and now he's talking about his mom's a sacrifice they said this shit over 10 years ago but now he want to talk about it when his money gets touched when he say he can't see his kids and again we don't know what's going on it's like he pick and choose when he wants to rent. If you're going to be real 
Be in the trenches 100% of the time. Not when it's convenient for you. Like Kyrie. Last year, he, he stood up and said, I'm not taking the fucking vaccine. Fuck that. I got my beliefs, and I'm healthy, and I'm doing whatever I got to do to take care of myself. But then when it was convenient for the baseball season to come back and then the Nets needed him, they brought him back part-time. So people ridiculed him. But I'm going to be honest. Let's go a step further. The ridicule of him started during the bubble. Remember the bubble, y'all? When America was going through what it was going through with the Floyd, the riots, COVID. And he said, yo, I think there's other things going on that's bigger than playing shit in the bubble. I believe from that point, the narrative was drawn about him. Like, oh, shit. Then, you know what? We came back because he was healthy for the bubble. But you've you seen him in Atlanta. You've seen him protesting. He was donating to George Floyd and all that. So you got this guy that's being a pillar in his community, uplifting, giving, sacrificing his hard-earned money that he acquired through his God-given talents. You know what I'm saying? To dribble a ball. So he's doing more than just shutting up and dribbling. He's being an upstanding citizen to his community. So this guy is somewhat of an eyeball to people because he doesn't think like everyone else. He doesn't ask you to believe what he believes. He just, hey, this is how I feel with the stuff he's posting with the guy that's talking about secret society. All the stuff he basically explained and won his interviews. You know, he had to defend that he didn't agree with the Sandy Hook theory and all that other stuff. So at the end of the day, what does you as a person have to do with everything else? Like, I believe this. If I'm losing y'all, let me bring it back. I believe this. The person that you show outside to the world is not the same person that's in the house because the demographic is different. The people and outside on TV, the media, the world, they have a microcosm of what you, who you truly are, of the actions you do, of the person you are. And they take that little snippet and then they deem you good, bad, or whatever, right? So if this person has publicly done things for the good, the betterment of his community, to galvanize his community to look out. Like he just donated uh what sixty five thousand dollars to the young lady that lost her life in Mexico. We found out now that her friends murdered her, and that's another story we're gonna talk about soon. But anyway, moving on. That shows the type of person he is outside. He shared the um you know the movie. And then the whole anti-Semitic and everything that we talked about in the intro came about. Now, when he sat in the meeting, uh, the first interview, he said, is it possible that I can be uh, anti-Semitic because of his beliefs or whatever? And, you know, those who follow know his beliefs. We don't have to agree with his beliefs, but those that are, that's what he believes in. So you feel in America, you can respect that. But no, the whole situation is basically saying, fuck his beliefs. And he has to listen to what other people feel about how he feels. So I'm sitting here, damn, like, you got all these people that care about how the next man feels about them. 
but he don't give a fuck about how you feel about him because he's unapologetic being himself. So he's deemed weird. He's deemed the problem because he want, doesn't want to conform to what other people think. He, he didn't want to take a knee with COVID. He said, no, I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Do whatever. I'm not doing it. And there I said, yo, I got respect for this dude because he feels what's happening to people. It's sad. It's fucked up. But that's his stance. He made enough money to have himself comfortable to go without playing. He lost hundreds of million. He said hundred million dollars. And he ultimately put the uh, contract with Nike on the rocks that they basically cut this shit when the um, fallout from this anti-Semitic shit started to happen. So when you really think about it, the guys just stand up for what he believes in. And it is what it is. So to try to connect everything, it's like in America, you can say what you want to say if you're not black. You can basically do what you want to do if you're not black. But you can't talk about your pain. You have to take the, the whips, the lashes, pay the JDL, take the people going on NBA Today crying, talking about, oh, you don't understand how hard it is. Like, it's, it's... Gotta give him a round of applause. That guy, that rabbi that was on uh, NBA Today, he was crying like, yeah, you know, uh, people I work with love Kyrie. They love his sneakers, but they can't wear it. And he ain't say anything. Didn't say anything hateful at all. Just like a movie. And shared it with his people. And he said that. It's not for everybody. So don't worry about it if it's not for you. And that got me thinking, like, we got social media. Right? And everybody seems to worry about what other people think. So... If someone get on your page right now and you put a picture of your family and they say, yeah, this family, your family's fucking ugly. You can black that person. Right? Next subject. Get off it. Or you can allow the person to say what they say about your family and then you decide how you want to deal with that individual if you know the person or not. Not everybody's going to agree with what you post. Somebody's ugly could be handsome and vice versa. Or pretty, right? You're never gonna have a hundred percent of the time people see things that you do be agreed upon. I'll say that again. You're never gonna bat a thousand in stuff that you put out to the world. People gonna look at you and be like, "Oh yeah, he's all right, but his hair's nappy. Oh, she's looked that, but she has a little too weight." So, to each his own. And I'm not trying to give the information to the world. I'm trying to give to the like-minded individuals such as myself. That's what it shows for. You don't, I tell my people that get into podcasting. Don't get into podcasting to chase numbers and try to be like everybody else. Get in your lane. Get comfortable with who you are and find out what you want to do. And then you reach out to those who have the same movements as you. Get the post of what you do with your content. And then you're going to go from there because all they're going to do is refer to people that think like themselves, that move like you. So that's how, that's how your fan base grows. That's how you get money. That's how you get paid. You find your niche, and then you run with it. That's all. It, it's not rocket science, but 
just got to do the work. You know, it takes time. Don't think this shit happens overnight. It doesn't. And if they telling you, they lying. So anyway, when we look at it, the black man feels like, shit, I can't win. We're we losing the battle in our home with the women and the liberation of women, which is all good. But it's starting to separate the household. So now look at the dynamic and the structure. That's what you got to deal with as a black man. You got this, the whole shit with the abortion thing going on. And then you got to have a conversation with your wife like, hey, you know, that's not about you. And then she's like, what you mean it's not about you? And then you really break down the numbers and statistics and all that shit. And then she's like, damn, it's really not about me. But you know, you're a woman, you're a part of the cause. But they don't give a fuck about you. I tell this to all black women. You sit up there, you go vote. You see Kamala Harris and all that other shit. It's just to make you feel comfortable so they can rock your ass to sleep. And my man Sean, when he gets on in a couple of episodes or whatever, we're going to talk about it because he's very big on voting. And I say this to everybody. Why is voting so important when every time they say, this is going to be the biggest election ever and you have to vote for your vote counts. They're trying to change this. They're trying to take all this away. They want to do this. They want to do that. And I always say, if someone gives you something, Right? Like, I give you some money. And I say, hey, yo, take this $100. It's yours. And you go, for real? Like, yeah, it's yours. You earned it. And then, a day later, I come to you, yo, remember the $100 I gave you the other day? I need my money, man. You're like, what the fuck? You said it was mine. So that's voting. You pass his laws, Democrat, Republican, whatever. You vote for it. You put these people in positions. And they say they're going to help you out, whatever. All right, that's fine. And then somebody else gets in that position, and they combat that shit with their own agenda. And now you got to get back to the line to try to fight the agenda because it's politics. It's just back and forth. So I was talking to everybody, you know, my peoples or whatever, and I was telling a co-worker at work, was a young white man. He was like, oh, you should go vote. And I gave him this analogy, so I'm going to give it to y'all. It's a joke. So just bear with me. You got a bear, you got a hunter, right? The hunter job is to hunt the bear. He's like, yo, I want to, you know, put a bear, stuff a bear. That's my last trophy. I'm going to hang it up. So the hunter's going to the woods, whatever, looking for the bear. So got all the guns he felt he needs to defeat this bear. He sets the traps, shoots out the bear, miss, shoot out, shoots out the bear, he misses. So then bears are very fast. So as the hunter is trying to pursue the bear, he winds up, getting chased by the bear. So now the bear taps him on the shoulder. So the hunter turns around like, fuck, he got me. So the bear says, hey, since no one's around, I'm going to give you two options. I can fuck you and let you go. I can maul you to death and you die right here. So the hunter was like, I want to die, so fuck it. The bear fucks the hunter. So the hunter goes home, ass is bleeding, he's hurt. Oh, I'm going to fucking kill this bear. I can't stand this fucking bear, man. Oh, goes back. Better strategy. Bigger guns. Same shit happens. The bear taps him on the shoulder. Like, he does the, 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 uh, the symbol for more, uh, like more, uh, or fuck. So the guy's like, fuck, man. Just turn around, drop his pants, go fuck. So now he goes back home, hurting and pain. Yo, I'm going to fucking kill this bear. I'm going to blow this fucking bear up and blah, 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 blah. Goes back to the woods. Same shit happens. Bear taps the hunter on the shoulder. 
But this time the bear says, you know what? I'm starting to think you're not in this for the hunt anymore. So, you know. <laughs> the moral of the story is, is that with politics, you're either going to get fucked or more. So why get in the race at all? But anyway, that's how I feel and a lot of people I know feel that way about politics. But let's get back to the Semitism. You know what I mean? So you say like Oprah was considered anti-Semitic. Did you know? It's a fact. Like I said, MLK at once. Malcolm X. Marcus Garvey. Kyrie Irving now. Al Sharpton. Like anybody that says something against that community, whether it be that they're, you know, in control, that they do shady deals, even Kanye to a degree, you're fucking considered the bad guy. So what is it about that community, the Jewish community, that makes people say this? And then I start to think about it. Remember the definition, and it say anything about a color. It's a belief. It's a system. It's a religious system. It's a brotherhood of many different faces. But in America, especially in New York and L.A., they're all mostly white. That's not ironic that 95% of Jews are white. Oh, we don't identify them as white. Why is that? Does anybody know why we don't uh, call them whites? We call them Jews? Does anyone know? That's what Kyrie was basically saying. He was saying, listen, I believe that we're Jews. I believe that we're Semites. And then the media said, ah, no, you can't say that. You don't say that. They're the only Jews, which is not true. But in America, that's the narrative that the media paints. Who controls the media? I don't know, like Chappelle said the other day. I am not uh, racist. I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm just stating how I feel. And the scariest thing about what he said is that no one wants to have the conversation. I listened to an interview with John Stewart that would, uh, did with Colin Colbert, and he basically said the same thing, that hurt people hurt people. Kanye said it. Kyrie was saying it. Like, yo, I, where were you when I found out that 300 million of my ancestors were murdered in this country? Where were you? No one said anything, but Kyrie, we want you to say it, that you don't have any anti-Semitic beliefs. He said it in three or four different ways. They just wanted him to say it that way. So then it started me thinking, like, they're not, they not doing this because of the movie. They're doing it because of him making the stances, and they want to break them. So then what they do, they use the house niggas, the shacks, who sidebar who premiered that movie in one of his movie theaters. So, again, so he went on and said, oh, you know, uh, the game, you know, Chuck, and you know, we all do it. Yeah, he's yeah, not going to get He's not Shaq talk, slow as fuck. But we jumped on a brother. And uh, what, let, me, let me tell you about, uh, let me, uh, yeah, Charles Barkley, same thing. And Mr. Stephen A., they all did the same shit. And then Shay Shay, you know, Kyrie, they all jumped on it, right? And then when he got suspended, only one that stayed true to his face was Charles Barkley. But everybody else is like, yo, they being a bit obsessive, man. 
Yeah, he said he should have said he was sorry. Uh, yeah, but why they making him do this? And he got all these six things he has to do. But that's the system. If I'm a part of the JDL, right, and I want to bridge the gap with the black community, the Israelites, or whatever other community that screaming these things and saying that you know Jew, 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 wrong, 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 whatever, bad business, bad business. All you have to do is sit down. And let's learn and listen to one another. Let's have teachable moments. But they don't want to do that. They want to, they, uh, we're not going to accept your money. They want to go crying. They want to go doing all this. Why are they allotted the sympathy pass and we're not? It makes their plight, their struggle seem better than ours. More important. And then when we break down for how the system is, you just look at it like we fucked. So, yes, I'm a feel away about you because you say you're helping me, but you're going to step on me to help yourself. And that's all that happens. So when we have things that happen in Crown Heights, back in the days when the kid got killed, why did you was gone and started the riots? That happened. Because you have communities that are a part of each other, but they're not with each other. Most people that live in Brooklyn on some real shit, have Jewish landlords and all that shit. And it's a fact. The majority of people that live in this area in Brooklyn, I know an Arab guy that owns like three stores. His landlord is Jewish. An old Jewish dude. Most people in this area, Stuyvesant Heights, Clinton Hills, when you're renting, you're renting on a space that's owned by someone that's Jewish 90% of the time. So that means the slumlord shit and all that other stuff that we talk about when you're renting, that's usually coming from that avenue. Not saying it's not anyone else, but the bulk of it comes from there. So if I say stuff like that, does that make me anti-Semitic because I'm telling you my experiences? In the public, yes, it does. But in reality, no, because you can't call them out on the bullshit. And that's all they're saying. It's not fair. But that's America for you. Because... The American Jew is white. That's all. Same shit. So until we have that conversation about what's really going on, we always going to feel that way. That's the issue with America. They don't want to give you reparations for the slavery and hardship that your forefathers and ancestors went through to build this country up. But uh, all the core survivors and people that can connect the lineage to the Holocaust, they get reparations. That's a fact. But if it's not a fact, let's see. Do your history. Do your research. They ain't going to tell you that. You got to find certain things out of yourself, and then you got to fact check and go back and this, that, whatever. You do that, and you can trace that money. So they could get recognized for their pain. And like I said, it happened. You know, numbers could be up and down. That's what it is. It's like a story. I could kill five people right now, and then it could turn, turn to 25 people because every, it's hearsay. So to say the thing about the numbers and how the Holocaust is doctored, we could say that just about everything. Some things are overvalued, some things are under. It depends on the circumstances. But at the end of the day, like I always say, history is about he who has the pen last. And the person that gets to write the story usually sets the tempo 
So how the world see it? Just like the Bibles we read and shit like that. When you look at the language and all that and how it changed, it's just different empires taking out the good, what they viewed, and the bad, and making it this. And that's all it is. Anytime a land is conquered, like Europeans, that's what they do. They conquer. They're conquerors. They have done it. Spanish conquerors. They all from the same lineage, man. They all conquered land of indigenous people. And they all look a certain way. Like the Middle East, like when you think about everything, how everything is broken down, when you look at the complexions and complexity of the circumstances that this world is in, you see why it is the way it is. But Russia, now what happened with Russia and Poland, like in the Ukraine, that's all white war. Most wars are fought by white people. And the Dark Angels, that's what happened. They were killing each other off until some people got on a boat. Because remember, at once they thought the world was flat and you'd fall off. Right? So they got on their ships and it just branched out and it created anarchy throughout the whole fucking world. Throughout all other tribes. To now, it's just a shit show. That's all the world in a nutshell. Wherever the white man goes, he fucks shit up. And he creates anarchy and turmoil. And then his forefathers and cousins and nieces and nephews, they branch out and they fuck shit up all across the globe. And this is why the things are the way they are today. So again, people, I didn't want to be too long. So I'm out this. Support, subscribe, share, unpopular theory. Where we get your podcast from? Like I said, again, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm just calling how I see it. And it's so people start admitting they fall. DJs, disco twins, from the towers to promenade. Host a party up at Starless, they know Queens in the house. No beef for rivals, they playing ether or title. Brothers can do anything when they decide to win the Range Rover, dissecting bars from takeover. Sometimes I text over like nigga, this ain't over laughing. I had to hold it down yes, with Queens, cause I, I overvalue fiends. Shout to Brooklyn all between hoods be overlapping, subways be stacked, and I ain't been on the train in decades, and I can still hear the wheels on the tracks. Feel the beat break, serial deface for Jake's. A license of carry still ain't safe in New York State. It's still a lot of ways to manage the life expectancy average. The future of our next generation ain't been established. Conflicted by some of the same patterns that had us Money and social status, tell me what really matters So who are you when they turn off all the cameras with me? You know the answers Go ask Tony Bennett Terrace on the park, they gotta know